Hey guys, welcome to this special episode of Klein Talk, uh, Super Bowl edition. So this episode we're going to talk about um, the games leading up to the Super Bowl, the two conference championships, and also sort of make predictions for the Super Bowl. And we're going to hope that we're right as we're going to all watch it together later tonight. So today I have two special guests with me to talk about the uh, Super Bowl. So first of all is our resident football nerd, Joseph Hughes. Hi, Joseph Hughes. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. Didn't have a good season. <laughs> he, he knows that just yeah. as well, being a Giants fan. But I'm going to root for the Rams this Super Bowl as just don't root for the Patriots, basically. Yeah, I think everyone hates the Patriots, except our boy over here, Julius Unger. Hey guys, I'm Julius Unger. I'm a, let's say, diehard Patriots fan. Been rooting for them since... 2010, I guess, and we didn't have the best season, we had a good season, but ended up in the Super Bowl, and once again, Patriots, uh, I mean, Brady's going to get another ring, so hyped to see that game. All right, so first we're going to take a quick look at the games that happened leading up to this, so those will be the two conference championships. First, we're going to talk about the Rams against the Saints. Uh, so Joey's going to be our, a bit of an expert on that one. We're going to talk mostly with him, but of course we're going to have Julius jumping in wherever he, whenever he wants to say something that he deems important. So first of all, right off the bat, the Rams won in overtime, as did the Patriots, but uh, we're going to talk about them first. So first I just want to talk about like sort of the teams overall, their performances and um, what's, what was good, what was bad and why the Rams ultimately won against the Saints. Well, if we start with the first quarter, the Rams had a terrible first quarter. They didn't achieve any points. They achieved 12 passing yards, three rushing yards, and didn't manage a single first down. And by the end of the first quarter, the New Orleans Saints were 13 points up, at which point it didn't look like the Rams were actually going to stand a chance. I mean, the Superdome is a hard place to go and play, uh, but then the Rams really managed to get themselves together. I think real turning point in that game was the fake punt, which really kind of then ended up leading to the first points. It was only a field goal, but there's those first points nevertheless. And then after that, there was a, just a bit of a shift. And, you know, by half time, the Rams were already right up there with the Saints, though they were behind the whole game until they tied the score at the end of the game and then went on to win in, win in overtime, which was the first time any team has ever managed to do that in a championship game, to be behind the whole game and nevertheless still win. Um, and well, both teams had rather weak red zone offences. The Rams were 50% two out of four, the Saints were only two out of five in the red zone, whereas they'd averaged maybe 70% throughout the season. Um, in terms of penalties, the Rams were pretty weak there. They conceded seven. They should have conceded more, but I think we're going to come back to that later. Whereas the Saints were much stronger in that, um, kind of on that statistic, as they only conceded three penalties. In terms of yards, being the team behind the Rams, were most likely going to have more yards throughout the whole game, which they did. Um, and ultimately, managed to manage to come back in the game and really kind of, with a bit of help from the refs, managed to show that they are worthy of being a Super Bowl team. All right, yeah, so I think we can uh, talk about something you mentioned at the beginning there. I think the Rams starting slowly, 
So I think everyone noticed that the Rams um, weren't doing too well at the beginning. Uh, what would you peg that down to? Like, why were they so bad at the beginning, but yet did come back and beat the Saints? It's just definitely an experience in that squad. McVay is a really young coach. Goff is a very young quarterback, especially in comparison to Brees, who is now 39 years old. And just see moments like Todd Gurley just completely missing the ball. You know, you can kind of see that he's a running back, not a wide receiver there, and just handing the Saints an easy interception. And they just, they didn't have the confidence that the Saints had. They were also the away team. And as I already said, the Superdome gets very loud. The crowd will have definitely unsettled them a bit. But once they started going, they did start playing very well. Yeah, yeah I think um, even though they were pretty nervous at the beginning, uh, they did have that fake punt that they did, which really got them going, which is it's just an interesting way to when you're really nervous and uh, things are obviously going wrong for you. You just go for a fake punt and it works out and then you win the game. It's it's really unorthodox sort of a fake punt that those don't happen often at all. So it was really nice to see um, sort of an offensive coordinator have some balls and go for it. Well, a special teams coordinator. Um, it was really cool. It, yeah. Anything else to add to that? Um, in terms of the beginning of the game, that is kind of what I have to say. That made the Saints were the better team coming out of the coming out of the start, and I really that quite quickly wrote the Rams off, but they ended up proving me wrong. Yeah, and um, something that has been very prominent across all teams, all four teams in the uh, um, championships, is the the red zone defense. All the teams had a pretty good red zone defense. They were very good at stopping um, sort of drives that were close to scoring a touchdown. Yeah, and I, I think that really shows how the dynamic of the Super Bowl that's coming up. It's going to be, I would say, a very hard-fought game for points. They might uh, really have to try hard to score anything at all. Yeah, that is one thing you can also see with New Orleans. They really like the first two drives. They really struggled to get past the Rams and they had to settle for field goal twice even after turning the ball over at the what, 25 yard line they had to settle for a field goal and that is really down to the Rams red zone defense which has been pretty good yeah and we were speaking of uh, the Rams not doing well like under pressure sort of nervous at the beginning of the game uh, and do any of you think that might be a problem sort of in the Super Bowl? Because, of course, the Patriots are so, so like, they've been in this Super Bowl so many times. They're all really experienced. Well, I guess if you look at the older Super Bowls of the Patriots, they're also rather a team that's, like, starts off late. Uh, looking at the, when they played against the Falcons, and I don't know, the first two ha two quarters, they weren't even, they weren't scoring. They had one touchdown, whatever, and then, only in the third quarter they started actually making plays after plays and run, basically overrunning the whole defense of the Falcons. So I think they're pretty similar in that perspective. But I wouldn't say that the Rams have to have to have a late start. They could also because because I mean this um, this conference final was only a really special like occurrence because the Rams usually take off pretty well, I guess and. Um, I guess it's not not you can't really predict if the Rams are gonna have a late start, have an early start. They might as well just um, score twenty points in the first quarter. 
Yeah, an interesting stat is that the Patriots in the Brady-Belichick era have only managed to score three points in all the first quarters combined, which really shows that they also generally do start slow in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and it, I think it really comes down to how nervous the Rams are coming out of the door, being all coming out of the gate. Being, they're all pretty young, I would say. Well, the important people are pretty young and inexperienced, I would say. Um, Goff is the fourth youngest quarterback to ever start in a Super Bowl. Sean McVay is the youngest uh, yeah. coach to ever yes, start. Yes, Sean McVay is the youngest coach. So it's a quite a young, um, sort of important part of the team going going in. So they might be nervous. Maybe they had some good prep over the last two weeks. And yeah, we'll have to see. Anything else to say about the Rams? Um, well, I'd just like to also maybe just more going back to the whole season where they Side the season 11 and 1, that 11th win coming against the Detroit Lions. But that was one game where I'd really like to kind of note Matt Patricia, who before this was the Patriots defensive coordinator, really kind of managed to figure out the um, Rams team a bit and how to kind of stop them. And then that really kind of showed in the next games where the Bears and the Eagles kind of adapted the Lions game plan and both ended up winning against the Rams, setting them back to 11 and 3 and then possibly handing the Saints the home advantage in this conference championship, but ultimately that didn't matter as the Rams did get through. And then otherwise for the rest of the Rams team, um, last night was the NFL Honours Awards. They did quite well there. Aaron Donald won, unsurprisingly, Defensive Player of the Year, was sack leader with 20.5 sacks, and the Rams won the award for the best offensive line, which is definitely always good thing is that will really kind of relieve pressure off Jared Goff. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned that they they were the away team in the conference championship because the the uh, Patriots were as well. It's um, It's been a long time since both away teams won their conference championship. And I mean, speaking of the Patriots, I think we can now talk about their game and their conference championship and how, how that went. Um, yeah, so they won against the Chiefs in overtime as well. Um, but with a higher scoring game, although it didn't seem like it would be like that at the beginning. So Julius, anything about the game that you want to say? So I guess Patriots coming into the game, they were facing a really young and successful quarterback, the MVP Patrick Mahomes. And in general, the Chiefs are very similar to the Rams in perspective of um, age of the players. The really standout team this season didn't do too well the other seasons. and. Um, coming into the game, the Patriots had a really good role off the kickoff, rece- receiving the kickoff, getting down the field good, but um, didn't manage to score. And then the um, the Chiefs came back and actually scored, went to the lead. But um, that's very usual, as we already mentioned, for the Patriots. So um, they were able to connect, make some touchdowns, get back into the lead. And um, I just want to say um, Brady's favorite target, Julian Edelman, he had over a couple hundred receiving yards, and I think that's also one of the dangers of the well, what, what makes the Patriots so dangerous. They can have any receiver in this game. It might be Chris Hogan, might be um, Dorsett, and they're just really dangerous. And um, in perspective of wide receivers, you never know who Brady's going to connect with, but um, it's always going to be successful. And after I think the third quarter, the Patriots defense um, let the Chiefs score for a bit and eventually they went to overtime and the 
Patriots defense held up a lot and then Brady was able to connect and make the final touchdown. So yeah, um, something you just mentioned there I think is quite important, the uh, sort of all the receivers being dangerous. It always seems like um, Brady can always get out of sticky situations when it's when it's third down and 15 or something like that. There's always someone he can hit that's out there, the, be it the Gronk or Edelman or whatever. Um, and that, that does make it very dangerous. Uh, it does make them very dangerous, which is sort of a bit of a contrast to the Rams who seem to struggle when they have some an important play like that on offense. But yeah, any sort of anything about the consistency of the Patriots? Well, the Patriots are just, I mean, I guess the greatest team at converting third downs because if you look at it, they basically only convert on third downs. If they have a bad first a bad first and second down they they will automatically have a good third down and i think that's also a reason why brady's so good he, his feet are i mean if he gets put under pressure that's his only weakness let's put it that way that's only only weakness being put under pressure by the defensive line but he also has great feet i mean he he can get out of the pocket throw throw a third down and make the completion and i think that's um that's where the rams are going to struggle at yeah, especially like um, it would like you said, Brady being put under pressure is one of his biggest weaknesses. Yeah. But he always plays so well because he's rarely put under pressure by the defense. Because of course the offensive line is so great on the Patriots; they're really good at defending, um, so, well, defending, defend, <clears throat> protecting the quarterback, uh, which might be a problem for the Rams, even though they're such a great defense. Yeah, I mean, that's um, that's going to be a thing we have to watch out for with uh, Dave Andrew, Trent Brown and um, Cannon being on the offensive line They're, I mean, they're like a wall. You can't really break through it. And um, if the Rams defense is not going to be able to put them under pressure. They basically won the Super Bowl. That's my that's my point on view mm -hmm. point on. Yeah, well, um, I think uh, especially having sort of the tight ends of the Patriots also jumping in and blocking. Maybe not the Gronk as we, as we know, his blocks aren't Man too great. Cool. <laughs> yeah, his uh, blocks aren't too great. If, uh, if for anyone listening, you can look up the Miami Miracle and uh, see how perfect his uh, blocking technique is. But yeah, it's, um, it's amazing how Brady really can be protected for, uh, for many seconds for like 10 uh, consistently and then can get that ball out to receivers that have gotten free or something like that and yeah it's really important uh, the i think the rams safeties will really have to pay attention to who's coming down the field because they always seem to be open okay i want to say something about the because we just talked about the offense of the patriots but i guess you can't underestimate the defense of the patriots because they have I mean, they have Stefan Gilmore, Johnson, and if you want to watch it, watch the Chiefs game. They were able to shut down number one receiver Tyree Kill. He had one, he had one completion. He had one receiving, um, one reception. One, one reception. Sorry, and um, I mean, we can. Many people say the Patriots' defense is sort of crap. They're not going to be able to um, stop the Rams, but um, I think that's also a big part of the Patriots' game being able to shut down those short passes, only leaving the opportunity to 
for um, Jared Goff to, to throw a long, maybe risky pass that might be intercepted or only leaving him an option to go for a run or whatever. So you're saying like the best way for the Patriots defense to deal with the Rams offense is just to make sure Goff doesn't feel like he has good options and then he flunks a pass or something and then they get it or they shut it down and then um, they can like really profit on that as exactly yeah and the Patriots they play man coverage mostly they not like any other common NFL team they play man coverage which most most teams also struggle against and the receivers of the Rams aren't really experienced and not I was looked at them statistics are not really good at playing against man coverage so um, yeah that's definitely a way they could turn around the game you know so golf through a lot of interceptions in those two games against the Bears and the Eagles. And if they can get that pressure to him, he could easily throw up and get three or four picks in one game. Yeah, and the, of course, in the Super Bowl, that would be a big turnaround because an, an interception can really make a quarterback feel bad. And in Goff's case, that can really turn the, uh, turn the game around and lead to a Patriots relatively easy victory. So... Yeah, we really, I, I would tell the Rams to really pay attention to what the defense of the Patriots is doing and try and keep keep their offensive line sort of level-headed, um, which the Patriots don't really have to do, as we also saw in their, uh, in their um, championship game. They were really, really close to losing yeah. multiple times, but they always kept a level head and got through it. Third downs, as Julius already explained, they're really good at those. And um, with a bit of luck, they sort of got through and made every pass count. So they 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 really did well on the um, hard plays. But I think now, after uh, discussing the games, we can talk about something that was really um, prominent in both of them and has been subject to sort of internet um, harassment in the last few weeks. Um, the officials. In both, oh, yeah. um, in both games, they made some questionable decisions. And since we were just talking about the Patriots game, we'll have Julius talk about the questionable decisions the officials made in that game first. Well, in the fourth quarter, the um, the Chiefs punted the ball. Julian Edelman was, of course, standing in the back, was supposed to receive it, but um, dropped to the floor. He apparently touched it with his um, right thumb and um, fumbled it, um, a Chiefs special teams defender grabbed it and scored a touchdown. And um, ruling on the field was that it was a complete touchdown after video review, which was quite, I would say, sketchy. We didn't have a clear um, view of the thumb of the ball not touching the thumb or whatever. The call was overturned and um, touchdown was reversed. So I guess that's very yeah, that I've, led to the Patriots being able to win the. It's one of the factors that led the Patriots to winning the game. Yeah, and also there was a there was just one questionable um, roughing the passer call. Oh yeah, where uh, <laughs> um, I think a, a, a Chiefs defender tapped Brady on the shoulder and yeah, and Brady uh, and, and it was called roughing the passer, which um rightfully i would say made the chiefs mad it's questionable if that actually would have led to their victory yeah. but of course they're they lost an important game and they're looking for any sort of answers to that 
Now we can talk about the... We still forget about one other decision with Brady's interception being picked off, but then being called back. Yeah, that, that, that well. is a good point. Could you explain like that what exactly was, happened there? That was, if I'm not mistaken, a neutral zone infraction, which I don't think was quite as sketchy, but still looked rather close and definitely one that I think the flag took quite a while to be thrown, but ultimately it was ruled as... Um, a penalty and the Patriots got another chance to go for it and then ultimately ended up yeah. getting to For anyone that's listening that doesn't know what a neutral zone infraction is, that's just a, if a defensive lineman starts off too early and crosses the line of scrimmage too early. So I just want to add with the 2018-2019 season we've had, we've had a lot of rule changes with the roughing the passer rules which are, have become really strict. You're, not, you're basically not even allowed to touch him after he's let go of the ball. So I think that's also going to be a really interesting thing we can watch in the Super Bowl with the um, with the officials being a lot more strict or maybe they, they'll go back, back to the old rules, maybe listening to the hate of the people and um, putting a few more calls un, unnoticed. Yeah, now I think we can go over to the Rams game where there was also a questionable call by the officials. Yes, quite very um, questionable. This was in the last two minutes of the game. The Saints had the ball at the Rams 13-yard line, I think it was. Or was it even further back? I think it might have been even further back and Breeze threw a pass towards I don't know who it was, I can't seem to remember. I don't seem to have noted that. But there was quite an obvious um, pass interference call with the um, Rams defender going head to head, not even looking at the ball. It's helmet to helmet collision. It's way before the ball was anywhere near, and it was one of the most obvious pass interference calls I've ever seen, and it just was completely ignored. That pass interference call would have led to a first down for the Saints and given the Saints a very good chance to score a touchdown with very little time left for the Rams to do anything, but instead they had to then settle for a field goal, I think that was already third down. And then the Rams still had quite a long time to get into position to tie the game with a field goal themselves. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting about that play was the defender himself thought it was pass interference, and when they didn't call it, he celebrated as if he didn't expect that to happen, which really shows how much of a foul that actually was. And I mean, you can't really, in the fourth quarter, at a 13-yard line, you can't, it's not acceptable to not see such a cause, such a, such a... Um, yeah, such a blatant exactly. foul. They, um, Game changer. Yeah, I think the um, officials are responding to the people being uh, rightfully annoyed about this have said they are thinking of adding a chance for um, coaches to challenge non-called sort of fouls. Mm -hmm. um, it, but that has been up for discussion for a long time, for many years, and it was never accepted. So it's doubtful that that, that will happen again. So now that we've sort of mm -hmm. talked about the two games also, oh, yeah. I'd like to come back and say yeah. that also Saints fans tried to start and got a petition with, I think, more than 600,000 signatures to have the game replayed as Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, has the power to do that. But quite obviously, he would not do that. You can't just get a bunch of people signing in an online document, getting them to overturn a very questionable decision and having the game replayed. But, yeah. 
and also with the that obvious pass interference call, there was a bit of a less of a focus on the um, interception by John Johnson in the in overtime, where there was again possible pass interference, though that one was less obvious. But he did seem to push the receiver a little bit, and that then led to him intercepting the ball, whereas that could have been called for pass interference as well. Yeah, so I think now with our last five minutes, we're gonna take a quick look at um, sort of predictions for the Super Bowl. Uh, well, we all know what Julius is gonna say, um, but I'd like to hear why you think the Patriots are going to win. Well, I think looking at the roster, they have no injuries. They have Gronk, they have all their strong team members, not like last year where they had some injuries. And um, well, in fact, I, I don't think they're gonna win by a big margin, but it's gonna be a really similar game to the Rams because um, the Rams are such a young team, like just like the Chiefs. And um, I hope the Patriots get on a quick roll, um, manage to get in the lead quickly, but um, it's not gonna be easy for the Patriots with all the, I'm pretty sure the Rams have looked at some footage of um, their game against Tennessee where they struggled to, um, or Brady struggled to release the ball. And um, I think it's not gonna be an easy game for the Patriots, but in the end, they're the more experienced team. They have won. Um, pa- the Patriots have uh, Brady. I mean, has won five um, Super Bowls. Has been to eight Super Bowls, and it's just um, he's very experienced. So, yeah. yeah. And a quick score prediction from you. Um, I think it's going to be forty to uh, let's say twenty-one. Forty to twenty-one. That's it's a lot, quite a lot of points. So now we'll <laughs> go over it to a. Joseph, what's your prediction for who's going to win and the score as well? Well, ultimately, even though I'm rooting for the Rams, I just don't see McVay outsmarting Belichick. It's, I mean, the experience is really on the Pat side, though. I think the start of the game will be slow on both sides. I think we could quite well have a quarter with no points whatsoever, but that could easily be wrong and there could easily be 21, not even like 28 points in the first quarter spread over the two teams. Um, I just think the Patriots are really going to feast on this like um, inexperienced Rams team that it's a young quarterback, it's a young coach, and I just it's not going to be incredibly one-sided or anything. I just think that it is a kind of side that Belichick can really take apart, and so that's why I'm going for a thirty to twenty-four win for the Patriots. All right. So now, even though I'm the host, I'm going to give my opinion on this as well. So. As Joey um, already sort of said, I'm also rooting for the Rams because I hate the Patriots, as most people do, as all normal people do. Thank you, Um, Michael. (laughs) But um, so I think the Ram, I want the Rams to win, but I think uh, they are quite inexperienced and um, the Patriots really, as Julius laid out, have the experience on their side, have the great defense, have the great offense have really everything, have the great coach. So I think uh, the Patriots are going to win, but I'm going to go for a bit of a larger margin than Joey said. I'm going to say 21 to 7. I know that might seem like a low-scoring game, but I think that's how it is. I think they're going to start slow and end slow, but we'll see um, if my uh, prediction holds up. So does any one of you have, like, sort of a closing remark? Um... I just want to say it's going to be a really interesting game watching a, a old classic against the new upcoming 
team and I think it's really can be a, one of the best Super Bowls in recent history. I also just think this quite like I mean say Belichick retires after this season and knowing the NFL they're quite likely to rig games which is why we might have this NFL Rams and um, NFL Rams Patriots Rams matchup um, which is the exact same matchup that we saw in Brady's first Super Bowl which is when they won the first Super Bowl which is back in 2001 or 2002 and this just just be like a fitting end for the Patriots era but I don't think it's going to end this soon sadly. Well, um, it's a funny little slip of you had NFL against Rams because that's what many people think it is, <laughs> uh, that the NFL is sort of rooting for the Patriots behind the scenes. But of course, those are all allegations and we can't really say for sure if that's actually like that. So with that, I think we can close our discussion on the Super Bowl and the conference championships. Um, I'd like to thank Anchor again for being the host from a podcast. They're a great website if you want to do your podcast. Um, I highly recommend that you do it on their website. It's amazing. Um, yeah, thank you for listening and see you guys on Tuesday.